Oborn and Heller on Cricket, brought to you by the Chiswick Calendar. Hello from me, Richard Heller, in a cloudy and rather chilly southeast London. Hi, <laughs> and uh, my name's uh, Roger Alton, and uh, it's uh, it's distinctly chilly and cloudy here too. I'm afraid. Apologies from Peter, uh, who has to be away for family reasons. Very grateful, as usual, for um, Roger for coming in and opening the bowling from the pavilion end. We're delighted to be visiting to us a new cricket country, Bangladesh, and we're very glad to welcome an expert on Bangladesh cricket who's represented them uh, internationally as a cricketer, and our comments on uh, Bangladesh cricket, Athar Ali Khan. Athar, welcome to the podcast. Where are you? Are you in Bangladesh at the moment? Yeah, good afternoon from a very bright and sunny Dhaka, Bangladesh. I'm uh, at home and uh, feeling uh, honoured and a pleasure to be uh, with you uh, at this time. Well, very glad to have you. How has Bangladesh coped with the pandemic? And is it still, is it sort of in lockdown or what conditions are you living in at the moment? We've just uh, received information uh, that the government is thinking of going to a lockdown next week, which is uh, starting Monday for a week. Oh. Because the, uh, it has risen, uh, the, uh, the COVID patients and uh, the uh, casualties have increased. So I think uh, that's one of the reasons why... Uh, the government have finally decided that you got to give them uh, another week or maybe more. Uh, we're certainly going to another lockdown. Mm. Good luck with your lockdown. I thought, can I ask you just one little thing? This is Roger here. A lot of chums of mine over here absolutely love Bangladesh cricket. They, they love it. Uh, my godson's most prized um, piece of cricket stuff is, is a green Bangladesh cap with the tiger tiger on it. And the fans and uh, chums who go and see Bangladesh when they come, they're playing here and they, they love the atmosphere and they love the fans and all that kind of stuff. I just wondered if you, what, what, what did you think it is about Bangladesh and Bangladesh cricket and Bangladesh people that make people, that make other people like people here because we hardly ever go to Bangladesh, if ever, love it so much. What is it? It's, it's the passion uh, and it, it is just a, it's that the craziness about sporting events here, especially cricket. Mm. All of a sudden, it was cricket which took over. And it took over when we Bangladesh won the ICC trophy in 1997. Yeah. It's a, it was a huge, huge thing for Bangladesh to qualify and also see them in that global stage. But it has not come that easy for us. It's, it's been a struggle. It's been a very, very long and a hard struggle. Even in the early part of our independence, uh, people were very much interested in sports, especially cricket. And once they did get an opportunity, they never looked back. Yeah, how lovely. Can I just ask you a thing about yourself and, and your career? I mean, you played a lot of ODIs for Bangladesh in the 80s and 90s. Uh, as an opener and what's your background and how do you get into cricket? My mum and dad are actually from India so uh, uh, father came over uh, to this part of the world in 1952 went back and got married in India and uh, settled way uh, in Naranganj, a place called Naranganj which is not far away from the Dhaka city itself. If you remember there's a uh, there's a ground called Fatullah where we where we have hosted international matches, which is close to Naranganj. It's yeah. like uh, 20 kilometers from Dhaka city. So that's where we were all born. We were uh, five brothers. I'm one of the twins. And uh, the, the house that we were born in, we had a lovely garden in front of the house. And that's where I started playing cricket with my brothers and my uncle and father. My father used to play uh, club cricket, very, yeah. very, very involved socially. In clubs and all that, and he had a he he was a, he was actually a very very keen to go and watch cricket internationally because he used to travel a lot, and we we used to hear so many stories from my dad, and uh, I also remember at a very young age when there was cricket international cricket, he would take us to the stadium and we would watch cricket at a very young age, and mm. that's where I started 
to get attracted to cricket. I mean, all of us five brothers were attracted to cricket. Yeah. And uh, that's how it all started. My dad was into business. He used to represent uh, uh, companies from uh, UK, Scotland and Ireland. So there are a lot of guests coming into the house. We've seen cricketers in our house. I was away. I was away for my uh, college. And uh, when I did come back and joined Dhaka University, that was the first time that I, I actually got myself uh, in a team called uh, Abahani. Uh -huh. is a, which is a very popular brand name in Bangladesh uh -huh. when I started playing my first match in Bangladesh. Yeah. And I have a, a career of 24 years that I played cricket uh, in Bangladesh. I was actually given an opportunity to represent the country very early against an international team that was in 85, 1985 when I was a student of Dhaka University. Yeah. I, I, I think we like uh, seven or eight of uh, us from the Dhaka University team made debut against the Sri Lankan 11, which came to Bangladesh. And then I played my first ICC trophy in 1986. I was usually, I was actually a middle order batsman. The first game that I played for, for uh, Bangladesh 11 against the Sri Lankan 11, I batted number nine to be, I mean, very frankly speaking, because there were senior cricketers and there were supposed to be better cricketers who would be given an opportunity to cope up with the you know opposition early on. Yeah. But, and when I went on to play the ICC Trophy in 1986, I was asked to open the innings, which I refused. <laughs> then I, I did agree. I said, okay, fine. I'm a youngster. I can do something with cricket, something while opening the batting. And I used to go and pick up a boundary and I would get out in, in like a couple of hours and be back in the hut. <laughs> so then I decided that I will not open the innings for yeah. Bangladesh anymore. But there, there's so much to say, Richard. And there's so yeah. much to this uh, share. But yeah, that's that's how it all started. Yeah. You were, I think, eight or nine during the War of Independence for Bangladesh. Did it impact on your? Did it affect your family very much? Very vaguely, I can remember because it's a, it's it's a, such a long time back, and eight and nine. There's so much happening. We, we I told you that my father was traveling, uh, and uh, so were we. So we we didn't uh, know what was happening, and initially, when we did realize that yes, there was a something serious happening you know the war of independence uh, obviously there was a the family uh, splitting away friends going away we don't know what was happening uh, if i was i mean I'm, I'm just looking back at that age i mean if i was probably 15 or maybe 14 in my teens i would have actually gone in the front lines and uh, fought the war myself <laughs> but uh, having said that uh, yes it was difficult times but uh, it was also an important phase of our lives in Bangladesh to stand up for our rights, which we were deprived of, to stand up and say, no, hold on. I mean, I've got my right and I've got my own thing to share. I mean, in a, in, I mean if, I, I, if I can just take you guys, take you all back to 1950s. In 1952 was the first language movement from, uh, from the other side of uh, the country. We were told that the official language will be Urdu, not Bangla. This is when it all started. And uh, when it all started, I mean, I was not even born there. But if you look at the, what happened in, uh, during the independence, why it happened, it had to happen. It, it had to happen. And uh, as I said earlier, if I had the opportunity, I would have gone on to the front lines and uh, you know, fought the war myself. But certainly uh, a chapter which will I remember for the rest of my life because people uh, from this part of the world, Bangladesh, sacrificed so much yeah. to give us the, the, give us the independence and the, to give us uh, something in our lives to stand up for and be accounted for. And that's why we are sitting here and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that I'm actually have, have an opportunity to be a part of this uh, program that you are having. Uh, if that, the independence didn't happen, I wouldn't be here at all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What a great story. Thinking of teenagers who did fight for Bangladesh independence, Peter and I discovered the story of Rockyball Hassan when we were researching Pakistan cricket. And, um, you know, his was a very remarkable story, wasn't it? Is, um, tell us, can you tell us a bit about him? Well, uh, first of all, a big salute to him. I mean, uh, what he did. And uh, a brave and a courageous thing to do when he was picked up, I think it was in the 70s, uh, 
Pakistan 11 versus the international 11, wasn't it? Uh, That's right. Mm. And uh, he went in uh, with a sticker on the back. With uh, some say it was uh, the uh, map of Bangladesh. Uh, others say it was written by Bangla also, which is a, which is a slogan for uh, happiness and joyous moment for Bangla, the language and the country and the people of the country for itself. So I think he did a absolutely a very brave and a courageous thing in those times because it was so difficult. He was a very good player. I mean, make no mistake. Mm. He was an opening batsman, a solid opening batsman, and uh, who would carry on, uh, grind it out in the middle. He was not very flashy, not big strokes, but he would stay in the middle and just belong to the innings. And he was solid, rock solid. So I think he, he, he was uh, probably one of the first person from a sporting fraternity to go and show to the world because it was, it was all about sending the message across the world what, where we were, what we are supposed to do and what we can do for ourselves. So I think that image of him carrying the bat in his hand, walking into the field, uh, is remembered by not even 17 million people of Bangladesh, but all over the, all over the world where Bangladesh people are, are residing. So I think yeah. it was, a, it was a very brave and very courageous. Dean. You, going back to your own career, Arthur, I, so you were coached by Mahinda Amanath. Um, mm. Tell us about that. How did that come about? Well, uh, Mohinder Amanath came into uh, coaching uh, uh, the Bangladesh team in 1991-92 because we had the, the ICC trophy, which was supposed to be played in Kenya. So he was appointed as our coach. And I did uh, tell you that uh, I had opened the innings for Bangladesh and failed miserably. So since then, I was, I, I, I mean, I managed to score a few runs while batting at number four. So I was still batting at number four when he was appointed as the coach. But when he first saw every one of us uh, in the nets and in, uh, in practice session and all that, he came up to me and he said, Arthur, I want you like you to open the innings for Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. I said, hang on to your, hang on to your boots, man. Come on. I've done it. I don't want to do it. I'm not interested. Ain't going to happen. So he kept on persisting and telling me that, yes, uh, he, one thing that uh, stood out uh, for me when he said that, I see you looking, playing very straight when you come on to bat early on. And that's exactly what I want to see the openers to do when they come on to bat as an opener. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't still feel great about it. But he said, okay, can we try you on in a, one of the opening, one of the few matches? And I did. And I did score runs, unfortunately. And then, then I was forced to become an opener again for some reason. Very tough bloke. Uh, one of the hardest uh, coaches that I've uh, worked with. Uh, I've had a few coaches. Uh, I've, I've had Gordon Greenwich as my coach in the 1997 ICC Trophy. There was uh, also John Jameson, if you remember. Was it yes. John Jameson? Yeah, he came over. There was uh, Mudassar Nazar also. So there were quite a few coaches uh, that we have gone through. But uh, I think uh, Mohinder Amanat made us actually, uh, if you want to become a top professional cricketer, then you need to behave like a top professional cricketer. If I might, might take a, a little bit more time to explain what I'm trying to say here. If, when we started practicing with him, it was a, basically earlier on, it was a three-hour affair practice for us. Three hours, done and dust, just pack up your bags and go. So when first day of practice, when he came over and we started practicing, it was three hours and we all of a sudden started packing bags and he saw it and he didn't say anything. So the second day, what he did when we started packing our bags, he said, hold on. He said, wait, can I ask you all one question? I said, yeah, go ahead. I was very close with him also. And so was the rest of them. And he said, when you come to the ground to play a cricket match, what time do you come? What time do you guys wake up? So if it's a nine o'clock game, it's, Travel time plus my breakfast, 7 38 o'clock. Get up in the morning, come to the ground. And when do you go off? Well, we finish the match at 4 30. So we leave, we hang around with our mates, 5 o'clock, 5 30. We go. So that's quite a long hour. So he goes, I said, Yeah, I mean, that's what the match is all about. And he goes, From tomorrow, you're going to sit and do the same stuff for that number of hours. So nobody can excuse himself to go home. So we started practicing the whole day. And that was the first time we started to realize why he meant that, why he wanted us to do that. 
I mean, that's if we had started a little bit early on, we we were, I think we were, we got physically and mentally very, very fit during his tenure. Maybe we have, we might have overdone it. Maybe we might have done a little bit more practice without resting our bodies because we didn't do well in the tournament itself. Hmm. But the the time that we spent with Mohinder Ramanath, I think everybody was superbly fit. And it started to show later on after when he moved away from the setup of Bangladesh cricket. Fascinating. <laughs> you were the man of the match um, against Sri Lanka, <laughs> I think, in 1990. Hmm. Um, how, 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 how was that game in Calcutta? Oh, uh, a dream come true in a sense that to play in uh, in, a, in Eden Gardens was always a dream and uh, a beautiful ground. And uh, it was the 1990 Asia Cup. And uh, before going to the Asia Cup for that tour, we had some problems. We were not sure whether the team will go or not, but we still still kept on practicing. The team still kept on practicing at the Bongamundu National Stadium in Dhaka. And uh, finally, the, when we did receive a call that, yes, the it is all clear and we can go. I think uh, there were only three teams, uh, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka and India, the Asia Cup. Mm. Uh, Pakistan didn't turn up. So uh, we, we had our first game against India that was uh, in Chandrigarh. And uh, in, that, in that match, uh, I did score a few runs. I think I got 40 odd. And I was involved in a partnership with Farooq Ahmed, which was, I think, the first 100, 100 run partnership for Bangladesh in a one-day international. So I had, I, I, actually, I had, I had felt a little bit more comfortable by scoring those runs. But when I did come to uh, play in Eden Gardens, the, the first ball that I faced was from Graham Lebroy and it stuck uh, on in the middle part of the bat. And I thought, <laughs> oh, this is going to be my day. <laughs> Graham, Graham Lebroy was the Sri Lanka's test match opener, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he Just for the benefit of, up for the benefit of listeners. Yeah. I mean, he was, he, a, he was a top quality fast bowler, wasn't he? He yeah. was. And... Uh, and, and yeah, I was lucky to survive because we kept losing wickets. But at one stage, I was feeling very, very confident. And the pitch was fantastic about on. Let me be very honest with you. And uh, good, good to coming onto the bat and uh, driving around. And uh, I smashed some big sixes also. And I was actually running out of partners because I was trying to accelerate to get, because we were chasing. They had Arjuna Ranatunga. They had, uh, I think, uh, uh, Arvinda De Silva. Yeah. Don Anur, sorry, the left arm spinner, and strong, very strong side, but we never got close to that uh, total. I remained 70, I think it's 78 not out in that match at the end yeah. of the match. And uh, we were just waiting for the presentation. I was just sitting and, uh, you know, soaking it in that uh, I was, you know, I had an opportunity, but I couldn't uh, make myself win the, this uh, one day international. But then all of a sudden the announcer announces the man of the match and I was like, uh, it was my name and I couldn't believe it. I was just sitting around. I said, oh yeah, it cannot be me. I mean, I've got to be getting things. In. So the manager, uh, Tanvir Hader, he came up and said, hey, it's your name. Why don't you go and collect your award? I said, are you sure? I said, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I cannot be. So I did go up and I think the first interview that I gave to, to the local media was, uh, I said that uh, I think Arvinda De Silva deserved it more than me, but I'm very lucky and happy to receive my first man of the match. Oh, nice. That's lovely. Aravinda made up for it afterwards, didn't he? <laughs> he collected quite a few awards one himself. Of the, one, of the, one of the finest, one of the finest of the game. Oh, God. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell us a little bit, if you could, about the, the sort of cricket scene in, in Bangladesh immediately after independence because um, and in the early years, because... Bangladesh didn't really get much of a legacy in terms of cricket, did it? Uh, didn't inherit many players with international experience. Um, country had to recover from both the cyclones and, and the war. Bangladesh had really had to make its own way in cricket, didn't it? And what sort of cricket got organised and how did people come up into the into the international scene in those early days? See, I... I'll, I'll take you back a little bit earlier when I was uh, having a chat uh, with uh, Jahangir Shah Bacha. He's uh, one of the former players who played in the 60s, uh, 70s. And uh, he, was telling, uh, he was telling me that uh, cricket, uh, cricket was there. Cricket was there, but players were talented enough to play in the first class cricket structure. And we were always ignored. We were never given an opportunity not only in the sporting events, not in just cricket, 
even in uh, let's say in a, in a in a government job and if you are from this part of the world if you're from uh, this part of the world you're not going to get in a, a job because you're not from this part which is which is ridiculous anyway but uh, it all started uh, if you're looking back after the independence it it started in nine, i think it was 1972 where there was no games uh, just after the independence but uh, we did have a uh, Uh, the bangladesh cricket control board uh, i think it was Pro- professor yusuf ali who was the first president in in that time no cricket for the first year second time around we did not have any funds so as far as i remember i th- i hope i'm correct i think it was the british high commission who provided the cricket equipment to make a start play cricket and that's how it all started and the obviously there was club there was a big club called avhani which i played in the 1980s uh, which was also running not only the cricket uh, but there were also other teams uh, there was football the football was very big uh, yeah. there was uh, it, there were other clubs around so we had to wait and uh, get an opportunity to find ways to first find a ground because uh, after after the war of independence nothing was available there was no money there was nothing at all even in those days people were, were quite eager and i think uh, uh, i i need to uh, as far as i remember i think it was a uh, sheikh kamal who is also formed the uh, the club abhani akra chokra sheikh kamal also uh, was prominent and a big figure in the sporting arena where he gathered lot of uh, people to start playing uh, sports but it was not easy uh, it was not easy there were there was little bit of uh, small clubs coming in and playing but then it started to catch up and then start people started to uh, realize that yes uh, we can still play sports we can still uh, get an opportunity to showcase our talent it started slowly then it started caught up but cricket was never the bigger game there football was bigger than anything else i mean uh, if you go and watch a game domestic competition in my days there were 25000 uh, 25 to 30000 people watching f- soccer and we were still playing cricket and the same teams who would have cricket teams would have the soccer teams so it was a team support just like what you see in the uh, in the premier leagues uh, all around it was difficult time but then the cricketers the supporters also started to support cricket when we had two big teams playing there were 30000 people watching us also, also in those days which was incredible i mean this really spurred us up and said okay let me let me let me show what my what i can do for my fans and let me show what i can do for my my team I mean, that really triggered us triggered us in a good way in a good sense to go and outperform each other so yes it was difficult but uh, then again having said that we we, we have uh, gone through that journey a difficult journey and uh, we've reached now uh, at a stage where we are a serious threat in one day format yes we have struggled in uh, test match cricket and uh, add to that i think that the women cricket team is also coming up i mean they just got uh, the test status i mean it was announced by the icc that uh, bangladesh women team and will also be uh, available to play test match cricket so which is i think is a fantastic news that's yeah. great news and congratulations to them was any was any women's cricket played in in the early days in um, in There's bangladesh no, there, unfortunately there was nothing i think the first uh, i mean i was also a selector i don't know uh, in uh, for the men's team and we were also involved picking up uh, looking at the women's team when uh, my tenure uh, was still there as a uh, selector for the men's national team so i think it was 2007 that was right at the end uh, when i was finishing off as a men's selector uh, for the national team but i also did a two year uh, stint uh, as a women selector for the national team and uh, the talent that i saw uh, then and later on and not very great but there was still quite a lot of promise yes it should have started early but now knowing that that uh, women team has to go and play test match cricket remember if you look at the men's team and the women's team women team have actually won a and asia cup the men's have not done it i mean i'm i'm not going i'm not comparing them i'm just saying that what the women's team has achieved so far it's winning the asia cup beating india in that tournament a beat india and, uh, yeah. Mm. yeah they beat india and uh, 
we haven't done that as a men's team. So, you know, women's team is uh, also a very solid unit. And there's a lot of cricket. You know, there was a Bangladesh game, which uh, uh, one-day games with, with three teams, national team players of 22 members now. They have an A and an emerging team, the women's team, which is also 22 members. And the 19 team, they have, they have a camp where they're looking at 45 players. And also, they go on to start in eight divisions. So there are a lot of cricket for women. And a lot of women cricketers have come up and a lot of players are getting opportunity to come and uh, show their talent. And if they're good enough, then surely they'll be uh, picked up for the national teams and the others are also. So uh, there's a lot of women playing cricket, are there? I mean, there are lots of yes, women yes. getting involved. That's really interesting, isn't it? Good but, for you. I, I think that once, once, you, once you see a team... Uh, women's team. It's not only just uh, in going to support the men's team. I mean, uh, it's the same for the men's and the women's team. How did once we won the ICC trophy in 1997? Yeah, cricket took over soccer. So everybody yeah. wanted to become a soccer player before that. Yeah. and when we won the ICC trophy in 1997, everybody wanted to become a cricketer. And there was <laughs> cricket in the streets. There were cricket cricket uh, in the villages. There was cricket uh, when you're traveling uh, on road from one city to other city. It was only a soccer ball and player, but not anymore. It was cricket. They That's had one right. bat, a wooden bat in their hand, and a ball, a tennis ball with uh, three uh, stumps made of out of wood. And there are five players or six uh, playing cricket. I mean, that really overtook soccer. Fascinating. Brilliant. Just on that win in the in the ICC Trophy, yeah. Ninety-seven. Was that covered much on? Was that covered in, in the media very much? Did people see that on television? Uh, I, 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 think, I think the final was, uh, which definitely there was uh, radio. And uh, once uh, we did win the ICC trophy, I remember coming back, and we were uh, we were greeted by the prime minister herself, <laughs> Honourable Sheikh Hasina. She greeted us. Uh, we got down on a chartered plane on a red carpet, and uh, we were uh, taken around from the airport to uh, one of the hotels, one of the five-star hotels. And from the airport, the hotel distance is around what seven, ten kilometers. <laughs> and there were people lined up from the airport to the hotel. Let me tell you this: <laughs> well, there were people lined up, waving at us. It was like we have won the World Cup. <laughs> and, That's super. And That's super. We we rested for an hour. We went to the prime minister's uh, residence where we were, we, where we had breakfast. And then we were put on a, we were sent on a stage in Manikmi Avenue with the team and the prime minister herself, Honorable Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina. And in front of us, there were 500,000 people lined up from one corner. I could not see, uh, I could not see where the end was. I mean, there were people all around. That's amazing. I mean, that was probably the biggest thing I've seen in my life, in my career. I mean, I've never seen it. I mean, yeah. and uh, to be a part, to play a part in what we did in that ICC trophy, yeah. uh, I, I, it makes me very, very proud and very lucky that, you know, out of the 16, 17 million people, I was one of the luckier ones who were actually a part of the team, you know? Yeah. Wow, what a marvelous story. That's marvelous. I thought we, um, that great um, win in the ICC trophy uh, in 1997, leads to uh, obviously to Bangladesh playing in the 99 World Cup, and it leads uh, through that to full international status. But in the early days, Bangladesh struggles a lot, certainly in the Test match arena, doesn't it? Yes, uh, if if you if you remember, uh, Richard, uh, it was uh, when we did go, got that Test status, uh, we played our first Test match in the year 2000. It was against India, and uh, if you if you're looking at, at uh, that team and also looking back at the infrastructure, we we, we didn't have before 1999. We didn't have the first class infrastructure, which uh, was certainly the biggest backdrop that I feel uh, which hurt Bangladesh. Uh, had we prepared ourselves uh, initially to have that first class cricket structure, uh, surely we would have uh, done. Uh, surely a bit better. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was a struggle uh, for, for the boys, uh, the ones who played uh, test match cricket for Bangladesh early on. They had to uh, hone their skills playing test match cricket. I mean, which itself uh, is a, is a big, biggest challenge because uh, if you don't uh, allow yourself to, to get used to the longer version in home conditions or anywhere, uh, 
it just gets very, very difficult. I mean, you've got to be very honest to yourself. Mm. But uh, having said that, I think, uh, yes, uh, we did uh, take a lot of time. We're still struggling. Uh, we won our first uh, test match. I think it was in uh, year 2005 against uh, Zimbabwe at home. And uh, but uh, we were we were expecting uh, probably a much better outing in the test matches. Uh, unfortunately, uh, didn't happen. I mean, we can't really change the past. Uh, but what we can surely look forward to is uh, to ensure that uh, we uh, maintain what we have done or what we have achieved. We haven't achieved so much in test match cricket. Uh, no, you did beat England. Yes, we did beat England, and we did beat Australia also. Uh, at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we started doing that, there was this great feeling uh, among the supporters of Bangladesh Tigers and the cricket that, yes, we are ready and prepared to dominate in mm-hmm. Test Match cricket also. I think uh, to, to, to be able to do that, I mean, uh, you mentioned England. I mean, uh, Marius and Maharaj was, uh, was, uh, was brilliant, wasn't he? I mean, uh, what a way to uh, showcase his talent. I mean, he actually was player of the series in the Bangladesh in the Bangladesh under 19 team when he was a skipper of that team which the under 19 world cup which was staged in Bangladesh yeah. that's where he was picked up from and he never looked back i mean he was uh, i think he was a, he's still the quickest 200 wickets in test match cricket for Bangladesh if i may really? be correct mehdi miraj hassan you're speaking of right yeah mehdi miraj yeah. and uh, right arm off spinner and he scored his first test match 100 in uh, against the West Indies just a little while earlier. The people that uh, a lot of English fans will know most are Shakib and Tamim. Could you tell us a little bit about um, about them? Tamim was um, Cricketer of the Year uh, in, in Wisdom Cricketer of the Year in 2011 and mm-hmm. uh, Shakib is a superb all-rounder. Can you tell us a bit about them, one of their backgrounds and so on? Yeah, Tamim Iqbal comes from the cricketing family. Tamim actually comes from Chottagram, previously known as Chittagong. Yeah. His, his uncle, Akram Khan, who is presently the chairman of the cricket operations, former captain. He was my captain when we won the ICC trophy. Akram Khan's nephew. And his brother also, Nafis Iqbal, played for Bangladesh, right-handed opening batsman. Yeah. Uh, to come out of that uh, cricket uh, family, uh, and to do so well, uh, I mean, he he, he was uh, picked up uh, at a very young age, a highly talented left-handed batsman, very explosive batsman. If you remember, when he came on to bat, I mean, he would go and try to smash every bowler. Yeah. I remember uh, do, doing the World Cup in 2007. I mean, we picked him up. I was selector. We picked him up for the 2007 World Cup. And I remember him going down the wicket of Zahir Khan in his prime. <laughs> and he hit him in the, in the second tier. Yeah, in that <laughs> the kind of flamboyance he showed, especially early in his career, just showed that uh, he really enjoyed batting and he enjoyed hitting fours and sixes. But I think he's, he's now changed, changed a lot. And he started to understand his, uh, his role as a batsman and a, as a senior cricketer. And to be able to do it at this stage uh, of the game and the global stage has been fantastic. Uh, and uh, to see him coming to a from a cricketing family, it also reminds uh, a lot of people that uh, players or the the ones who are playing uh, or representing their countries. Family also matters in a sense that you know you can uh, you can spur somebody on. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's he's playing cricket because he saw his uncle lifting the ICC trophy in 1997. Yeah. So it's important for him to realize that, and also the fact that uh, I think. Uh, if, you, if you're talking about his game, he's ch- completely changed his game altogether now. He does not look to score runs quickly, which he used to do it. And he's done that. Uh, he's changed his game. Of, of, uh, it's been a while now. It's been like five, six years. And he's uh, uh, playing a more of a sheet anchor role for his team, which is absolutely fine. It's perfect for, uh, for Bangladesh. We want someone like Tamim to bat longer. Yeah, and also realizing the fact, getting that uh, extra uh, responsibility as a skipper, he's now been announced as a skipper of the One Day Team, and uh, be able to convert those starts into a big ones, and also trying to uh, make sure that he gets the best out of the team, uh, getting them together, and uh, yeah. going through his uh, his own plans and uh, ways of how he wants to uh, play the game is also quite. Uh, 
quite nice and refreshing to see from uh, Tamim Iqbal. Extraordinary player. I think he's one of the finest Bangladesh has ever produced. Uh, yeah. uh, mentioned about the Wisdom Cricketer of the Year. He played, uh, I think, uh, a season in English County also. He's, he's been an asset uh, for the Bangladesh team. No question about that. Definitely. There is also an institution called uh, BKSP, uh, which produced a lot of cricketers. It's a sporting institution. Uh, which uh, allows youngsters to get into uh, uh, that institution uh, for studying and also specializes in uh, different kinds of sports. A lot of players have come through that institution. You talk about Mushfiq Rahim, Shakib Al Hassan, uh, Summu Sharkar, Naimur, Naimur Rahman Durjoy, the former captain who was the first test captain for Bangladesh. So there are a lot of players have also come through that institution. And I think that it has played a really big part. But yes, Shakib and Tamim, very, very special. No that's question. It's very interesting, that institution. A lot of uh, youngsters, very at a very young age, mm. are eager to get into that institution. I mean, there is a criteria. There is a, I mean, you need to uh, go through a lot of tests and uh, you need to go through a lot of trials. And uh, there is a team which do uh, look into it seriously. And then uh, they, they pick up the ones who they feel that yes, there is something that they see in that particular person who can actually go on to become a good sportsman in, a, in any discipline. I think it's fantastic. Staying on the Bangladesh Under-19 team, they remember they created history by winning the World Cup, the Under-19 World Cup, where they went on to beat India in the finals, played in South Africa. And uh, the number of youngsters, of very highly talented youngsters, have shown uh, their skills and uh, the desire, the hunger, to do well in at the global stage. Uh, and uh, I firmly believe that uh, out of this lot, I, I feel that this is a very special lot. And out of this lot, not one or two, but uh, quite a few will uh, go on to uh, represent the national team in the near future. After coming back from South Africa, they have participated in domestic competition and uh, quite a few of them have started to perform really well here. So it just gives us so much hope to see Bangladesh winning the Under-19 World Cup and hopefully we can uh, see them in the national colours. It's amazing. Can I ask you, I don't want to open wounds, uh, Arthur, but what about the recent series against the West Indies, which has just finished? And we were reading a lot about here because of that amazing um, uh, fourth innings chase down. Why did it go wrong? Thanks, Roger. Great question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not enjoy it at all, to be very honest. You know. right. Uh, if you're looking from West Indies' perspective, players not available, players from West Indies did not come to Bangladesh because yeah. Ian was my fellow commentator who's a very good friend of mine and he was very happy to see West Indies with this team yeah. uh, doing so well uh, uh, against Bangladesh in Bangladesh. Yeah. They were playing different leagues. Uh, I think uh, what Bangladesh uh, will uh, remember or ra rather not remember it's... Uh, the way they handled the, the youngsters, uh, the way they handled from West Indies to, to that fourth inning chase, you mentioned about fourth inning chase. I think yeah. that was uh, Chattogram, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, was Chattogram. And uh, the wicket was flat, but we didn't bowl to, uh, we didn't bowl well. We didn't bowl yeah. well. I think we also went in uh, with uh, uh, one seamer, if I may be correct. Uh, we thought we, uh, the ball is going to turn square from day two or day three, but it didn't. It was just a, a flat, flat wicket and a batting paradise. Uh -huh. But we should have scored more runs, but it hurt us because we beat, remember last time when Vistanis were here in Bangladesh with the full strength squad, we beat them in the test matches. Yeah, We did come back and win the ODI series, but the test matches were gone, done and dusted. Yeah, done and dusted. Yeah, we're great, but it was great cricket, though. It was great cricket to, oh, to read about. And for, a neutral, for a neutral, it was a wonderful test match, that one. Yeah. I, I can't deny the fact that it was, a, it was a brilliant test match. Yes, absolutely fascinating. What's the relationship like between current Bangladesh team and, and the fans and the media? Um, in other Asian countries, fans and media idolize, tend to idolise the team when it's doing well, and really turn on it when it's doing badly. And I just wondered if it's the same in Bangladesh. 
Yeah, it's a bit of a both. It is actually because uh, we are very emotional, aren't we? For, uh, people from our part of the world are very, very emotional. Expectations are always high. They always want us to win matches, no matter which format you're playing in. And I, I, I think uh, it is also the fact that uh, now uh, the fans and the people have started to realize that uh, you're not going to go and win all the matches. You're not going to win every match that you play. But what they want to see is Bangladesh stay competitive right at the end of the game, whether it's Test match cricket, one-day cricket, or T20 international. And when they don't see that, then there is a kind of a reaction from the fans and also from the media because uh, it's it's more about negativity than rather than positivity that we can hear, we hear from uh, around all around us when Bangladesh does not play proper cricket. So, yeah, it, it's tough. It's not easy. It's tough for the players. They know that if they don't play well and if Bangladesh does not do well, then there is a lot of uh, backlash back from back home. Just thinking about um, yeah, England having just lost um, a three-header mm-hmm. series in India. Nobody would turn on England after any of them. It was a very great series. I mean, you know, somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. And um, uh, it's a pity if it becomes too... Um, you know, uh, uh, tribal. I think. I think. I think. Uh, I think. What is also Roger is uh, important for each one of us to realize that uh, cricket itself is a game of glorious uncertainty, and uh, you, yeah. you can never tell. It it should not be a one-sided affair all the time. It has to have a, some kind of a balance. And when you're a new team, and when you've just entered an international arena then the expectations are really huge because knowing that that you have actually qualified to play the World Cup. I mean, when we qualified to play the World Cup, we had our first win in the first World Cup uh, tournament when we beat Pakistan in 1999. Fantastic, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then so on. I mean, in 2007, we beat India, the hot, red-hot favourites to win the tournament. We beat them in the very first game in 2007, Wesley World Cup. Then we went on to go and uh, beat uh, the number one team in that year, South Africa, in, in the Super Rates, same tournament, but we lost to Ireland. So, you know, there the, the, always has to be a bit of a balance. I know, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely, I thought. Um, I thought I'd like to ask a little bit about the finances of Bangladesh cricket. Can you make a good living as a Bangladesh cricketer from Bangladesh sources alone, or do you really have to go out and play in, the, you know, say, the Indian Premier League or in, um, in a foreign country? I think the ones that that play and represent Bangladesh team, the national team, they are very very well looked after. I would not be able to give you the numbers, exact numbers, but there is a grading system. There's a grade A, grade B, grade C, and I think D and a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, the the higher you go, the the higher the payment gets. And uh, during this pandemic, uh, I think there was a pretty heavy increment of. Uh, honorarium or remuneration that the players are getting from the board on a monthly basis, which is pretty decent. I think the match fee for test matches and ODI has also been increased, plus the T20 international. So the ones who are playing for the national team are uh, Touchwood. It's it's a good living. Uh, Make no mistake. But it's not only about the national team or the ones who do get into the that uh, setup of the national team or the A-teams and you're talking about the under-19 teams. It is also about the ones who are playing away from that setup, who are playing in the national leagues, who are playing the domestic cricket competition. It used to be very good. Okay, let me tell you that during my tenure as a player, we had decent contracts. We do have decent contracts here also. But we all know due to this pandemic, nothing is moving forward. It is difficult. It is very, very difficult for people who used to play cricket and live on that does not get an opportunity. There was actually uh, the Bangladesh Cricket Board uh, uh, arranged to fund the cricketers who are actually not playing cricket at domestic level. So they, they did try that. So I think Bangladesh Cricket Board is a is a uh, it's a, it's a well well managed and financially solvent. And they do at times go and do stuff which make sure that they, they give financial aid to the ones which who need the most. Yeah. I mean that that's that's where the line is. I mean 
there are so many cricketers. I mean, if you look at uh, Bangladesh setup, there is so much cricket uh, played all around. I mean, there is uh, to start with the national team. Obviously, there is uh, then you have uh, the the game development, which uh, takes care of the age level group cricket, which is the under 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, and there is school cricket. But during to the, due to the pandemic, it's not happened this year. So there is a <clears throat> under 18 divisional three day matches, which is all under the board. The next up is the HP squad, which is the high performance department, where the players from the under 19, the good players from the under 19, go into the high performance squad. So, you, and the high performance squad have actually done wonders. I mean, uh, since 2018. There are 24 players who have played for the Bangladesh national team, which who came out of the HP squad. So there is a system in place. And obviously, there is finances need to make sure the game goes on, the, the programs go on, and so on. And there is also the A team, and then I spoke about the national team. There is, if you're just looking at, I'm just talking about the kind of cricket that we have in Bangladesh. The National League, which is a four day affair played among eight divisions. Yeah, is a Bangladesh Cricket League, which is also a four-day affair. So out of this National League, they select uh, 75, 80 players, the best players from that eight divisions, and they play among the four teams in the Bangladesh Cricket League, which is a franchise-owned tournament. And yeah. there is a team owned by the Bangladesh Cricket Board. This is called the BCB 11. Then there is a one-day tournament, the Dhaka Premier League, first division, second division, third division, and also women's cricket. You know, there's a lot of cricket. And they've also started Bangladesh Premier League, which is the, the BPL, which started in 2012. So there is lots and lots of cricket. And, uh, and uh, I think uh, Bangladesh uh, is certainly uh, uh, trying to find ways to Im improve, in, especially in test match cricket. And uh, the only advice that I give or, or the only thing that I talk about when I do go in and have an opportunity to speak in front of, speak with the media, is that we've got to start uh, producing a, bowler-friendly pitches, seam bowling-friendly pitches oh. in domestic competition where uh, it will not only encourages, encourages youngsters to become fast bowlers, but also encourage and force the batsmen, the top of the batsmen, to adapt and adjust, adjust their technique to ensure that they know how to score runs on those bowler-friendly pitches. And yeah. It'll take time. I mean, Roger, uh, uh, yeah. Richard, it'll take time, but uh, I can guarantee you one thing is that uh, they have started. It started in the last couple of years. Give us some time and uh, surely you get to see Bangladesh winning more matches overseas. Arthur, can I ask you one? I mean, that's astounding amount of cricket that you just described. I mean, astounding amount of cricket. How much of it is televised? I mean, you're, 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 you're a commentator yourself, aren't you? So, I mean, how much of that is televised? Uh, domestic competition was not a lot. Uh, probably a final or a semi-final. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, we just had in this pandemic, we had a Bongo Mundu T20 Cup domestic competition, which was uh, televised yeah. overseas. It was international telecast also. I thought, I think you're not involved anymore in the administration of Bangladesh cricket. You're a, a freelance commentator. Can I ask first what language or languages you, you comment in? Well, uh, to start with, I uh, started with, uh, Richard, I started with English. I, I do a bits and pieces of Bangla commentary as well. And uh, they recently started, uh, the, the biggest uh, thing that I did for uh, uh, in cricket uh, in uh, our own language was uh, when uh, I was asked to do some IPL. Uh, and uh, they had this uh, Bangla commentary uh, thing going on, which I did. I, I went in for a couple of... Uh, couple of matches which was uh, India versus Australia on a trial basis then they got and then they got me in for the IPL but I usually uh, do uh, English commentary and uh, yes I'm not involved with uh, the administration at the moment but I would love to you know I would love to share my experience uh, share my thoughts share my views uh, but uh, yes it was uh, it was uh, actually a lucky break I mean uh, uh, it was uh, during the tour uh, when we toured uh, England, Scotland, and Ireland in 1998, just before the uh, World Cup. And there was a private TV channel following us. Uh, and uh, they would come and uh, speak to us after every match. So it was usually, usually the, it was Gordon Greenwich, the uh, 
coach and the manager would speak but after a while they they started coming to me i said why don't you go and talk to them because we've been talking and uh, as a player you should talk so i said yeah well, i'm i'm pretty comfortable i, I can talk so I, i i spoke to him for a long time i mean after the tour so when i came back and obviously i was not picked up for the world cup uh, and uh, there was a team and uh, there was i think a uh, the first uh, international tournament after a long time it was not officially uh, called the champions trophy but we hosted it south africa won it i think it was 1998 and uh, i walked in to say hello to my mates uh, just wanted to say hello and uh, the first person that i met uh, while going inside that hotel lobby was the gentleman who took my interview <laughs> i think mean, his name was rod dyer for i think it was from australia yeah and uh, he said oh, hey hatter how are you doing i said i'm fine thing what are you doing i'm here to uh, say hello to my mates and uh, i'd like to do some commentary and i'm trying to figure out figure out who i can uh, meet and he goes are you serious and he and he's and i said yeah i would like to try myself out and he goes i'm the producer why don't you come over tomorrow and see what you can do so i got the shock of my life actually i mean that's how he started but yeah i mean yeah, it, it it was a very nervy situation because big names big names around me and could hardly utter a word but uh, yeah then again but <laughs> i was okay and uh, yeah i'm loving this i'm love I love my job as a commentator it keeps me close to the, the thing that i love most which is cricket and i actually see the future uh, of bangladesh cricket getting a uh, staying so close uh, and uh, meeting them after the game and spending time with them uh, whenever possible i think it's uh, one of the greatest jobs that i've had in my life and I, i'm loving it what's your your youtube channel athar what's your youtube channel called oh uh, it's called athar declares athar declares and and the, that's that's in english or that's a, i i started with bilingual but now it's it's more english now yeah more english and that's you talking about cricket athar yeah uh, yeah i'm trying to yes <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, that's certainly one for our one for our list and one for our one to um, to follow as we go on following Bangladesh cricket. I thought it's been wonderful talking to you and hearing about Bangladesh cricket. Very best of luck to to the Tigers and and all their followers um, in the years ahead. Here, here, and thank you very much, Arthur. Fascinating. Thank you, Roger. Thanks, thanks for having me. Please stay safe and uh, God bless. Yeah, you too. And you too, Arthur. Um, yes. Uh, on which note, it's um, uh, goodbye for me, Richard Heller. It's still pretty grey and warming up a little bit in southeast London. And it's goodbye for me, Roger. And it's probably a good day for some cricket. Actually, it's mostly <laughs> like this out <laughs> here.